You're listening to The Collective Church Podcast. For more information, please visit our website, thecollectivechurch.ca.za. Good morning, friends. Isn't this such a unique time in history? I mean, it's a time where toilet paper can trend on social media. I mean, it's ridiculous, right? What's up with that? Uh, I don't know if you saw that meme at the beginning of lockdown that was going around. It said, on the 18th of March, 2050, Timmy opened the last package of toilet paper bought by his parents in 2020. Very, very strange times, right? But seriously, this is a unique time in history. Um, A global event like this pandemic is not a sideshow. Page two in the newspaper, right? It has everybody's attention. And I want to say today that it's especially got the Father's attention, and he's definitely going to use this for something good, something that was meant for evil, he will mend for for bad. Think about it. Billions of people staying home right now, not able to work, lives completely interrupted, eyes, ears wide open for input. Netflix, I, I looked up, has doubled the expected subscriber base over this time, right? So media is stepping in to capitalize on this moment, uh, but so is the father, and he will turn what was meant for evil for good over this time. I think people are ripe for a reboot. Um, everything that is around us that can be shaken is being shaken right now, and yet we are finding that we are part of an unshakable kingdom. I'm sure you would agree Um, that this is a time where we are discovering some very important truths. Uh, We're maturing, we're growing, our roots are deepening in Jesus. And, you know, when Jesus taught important lessons in the Gospels, many times he said, like in Matthew 11, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. In other words, listen up, guys, this one's important. You need to hear this. And so this is not a time to be dull and and disconnected. We have the Holy Spirit in this time stirring up these things inside of us. And then in Matthew 13, Jesus says to us, he says, But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. So I wanted to ask you, what beautiful things, what beautiful pearls are you discovering um, at this time? What are you seeing? What are you hearing? What are you feeling? Um, Has anything popped out to you that you just want to hold onto and grab onto and cherish that you never want to let go of? Uh, I was chatting to someone in the community this week, and she was just saying that for her, in many ways, things have just become so simple. Family time has become so precious. Uh, There's more laughter in her home, she said. There's less rush. Uh, She's holding on to um, or become so protective of her alone times with Jesus because they've become so life-giving to her in this time that she just wants to guard them and protect them. And so things of eternal value are starting to rise to the surface. People, God, kingdom treasures. And friends, these are precious, precious pearls, pearls that need to be preserved, cherished, pursued. Uh, Matthew 13:45, Jesus says, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, 
who on finding one pearl of great value went out and sold all that he had and bought it. Life will reopen to a new normal, whatever that's going to look like. And let us re-enter that new normal with deep roots, with a deep value for what he is opening up to us over this time. I think this time for me is like a, a massive reboot for the world, a reset. Uh, I'm sure most of you will know the, the concept of a rebooting, of rebooting if you've got a computer. Um, on a Mac, um, oh, sorry, the, a, a reboot basically by definition is when you forcefully quit um, or restart an operating system of a computer. And um, on a Mac, if you're a Mac user, um, that's when you forcefully restart a, a program on application, that thing is called force quit. And so when do you force quit? You force quit when things are just not working the way they're supposed to, uh, where something is off, right? The program or application that you're working on is stuck and, um, or frozen, and then you start getting that spinning wheel. If you're a Mac user, uh, you know that spinning wheel? Um, our kids in our home have uh, named it the spinning wheel of death. And so it's become, uh, it's not a good thing to get, right? <laughs> so when you get this spinning wheel of death, what you know is that you need a restart or a refresh. You force quit the program and then you reboot. Um, or even if you're desperate, just pull the plug from the wall, right? Not the healthiest thing, but desperate times. And so you reboot, and then everything works again perfectly. Um, it's like magic. Things are fresh, and things work, work well. And I think sometimes we need a reboot in our life when things are not working the way they're supposed to. Maybe we're stuck spinning in circles and feel uh, like we need a restart. And often a restart uh, and an upgrade at the same time, right? Um, and I feel like that this is the time for the church, for the world, uh, for us all, it's a reboot time. It's not one that we've chosen. I think this time is a forced reboot. Um, but let, let us let the Father use this time to deepen our roots, to reset us and restore our default settings. I think, um, thinking back, I've had the, the privilege of about three big life reboots, um, and I include this time as one of them. Uh, one in 2009, one in 2016 and now obviously in 2020. And I think two things that I've learned from these reboots is that one, at the time, I knew something big was going down, but I couldn't quite put my finger on it, right? And two, I looked back afterwards and my whole life had changed. I had new vision, new lenses. I saw the world completely differently after that. So the first one, in, in 2009, I was at the end of a really tough uh, three-year season. And Jesus gave us a very clear word to go on a reboot, a force-quit trip. Uh, so we went traveling for three months with our three-year-old and our five-year-old. And uh, alongside a promise from Jesus that we would learn the divide between sacred and secular. That, uh, that basically the merging together of of uh, business, family, church, and social justice, uh, and that a business would come from the trip. Uh, it made no sense at all at the time, 
Uh, I didn't feel rational. It seemed crazy. Uh, and at the moment, or at the time, we couldn't see the wood for the trees. But then it all started to come into focus, like it always does, doesn't it? Anyway, long story. The point is, there was a reboot, and that resulted in new thinking, and that led to a new business, a new child, Jude, uh, a new way of viewing business, church, life, and basically everything. Um, even along the way, Jesus gave me a theme song for the trip. I was coming back from Hong Kong, and um, I put this, this um, song written by you 2 in that year called Unknown Caller, um, and just completely undid me, um, and it became the theme song for our trip. I want to read a couple of the lyrics to you. It says, uh, escape yourself and gravity. Hear me, cease to speak, that I may speak. Shush now. Force quit and move to trash. I had driven to the scene of the accident, and I sat there waiting for me. Restart and reboot yourself. You're free to go. Shout for joy if you get the chance. Password, enter here, right now. You know your name, so punch it in. Hear me, cease to speak, that I may speak. And we actually, we blogged over that time, and we called our blog, Our Force Quit. Powerful time for us. Uh, another reboot came for us in 2016, seven years after our last trip. Sounds like a good number. Um, we had established the business uh, the Lord had promised us. But now it was time for a, a, a captain change, a new captain. And so we, we handed over to Seb, my um, brother-in-law, who had started the business with us. And we are in a place, nothing on the horizon. Um, but by now we had learned the value of a big reboot. And so we went traveling for 10 weeks. Five of us this time. Shame, Jude was so jealous of our previous trip uh, when he was just a twinkle in my eye. And so this was his time. And we had no idea what was in store for the next season, just that the Father had something big for us. Again, a massive reboot for us, um, new thinking. And over that trip, he established a value in us for, uh, for emotional health, for, for heart health, and for how that, uh, how that affects our spiritual health. Uh, also a longing for real community, authentic community, and just such a deep love for family. I mean, it changed our family. Um, and let's not forget American barbecue. We, uh, my love for smoking uh, was born over that trip. Brisket, uh, short rib, pulled, beef, uh, pulled pork. Uh, okay, maybe I'm digressing a bit, so let me say no more. Uh, other than the fact that I've got a, a brisket smoking as we speak, um, so whoever wants to come over for dinner, you're welcome. Well, actually, you're not welcome. We're only on level four still, but uh, bad joke. But um, anyway, it was on that trip in the Bethel Chapel where the Lord had previously spoken to me about Jude and our, our other business uh, seven years before that he spoke to me and he gave me the name The Collective. Uh, which I thought was just going to be a, a, well not just, I thought it was going to be a ministry of teaching uh, and music and worship with our friends. We never imagined at the time that it would become a church. And look, here we are a few years later with a beautiful, fruitful community. I'm just amazed at how faithful he is. Isn't he so faithful? 
And so a trip that started with a great unknown, with nothing on the horizon that we could make sense of, uh, started to become clear to us over the following three years, and all the puzzle pieces started to fit together and make sense. Didn't you just love uh, Kirsty's uh, preach a couple of weeks ago on puzzle pieces? If you didn't listen to that, I highly recommend that you go back and re-watch it. And even if you did, re-watch it, because there were so many things that we feel are going down over the season that she touched on, which I felt could really be paused and, and soaked up. But it will be the same for this coronavirus lockdown period. We'll look back in a few years and all the pieces will have fitted together and would make sense. You know, on both those reboot times in our life, Jesus revealed things to us. He gave us pearls that were so incredibly precious uh, and impactful for us. And we've been guarding them really um, jealously ever since. But life can get crazy and busy, can't it? And we can get distracted. And some of those pills, those revelations that we have, can, um, can get dull at times. And so we have to intentionally stop, regroup, and come back to the beautiful rhythms and values that we've learned. And so here we are at another big reboot moment in history. 2020, right? The year to restore perfect vision. Uh, 2020 vision, a year to see clearly uh, a blueprint year on how we're going to build for the next decade. You remember we were speaking about that at the beginning of the year uh, before all of this uh, kicked in. That hasn't changed. This is a reboot for everyone. And my encouragement today is twofold. One, don't let the moment escape us. Don't miss this moment. And two, or oh sorry, rather, let it be a time where we open our ears and our eyes to see what is being planted, that we don't miss it. Let us have an expectation of something beautiful and exciting to come from this time. Even though we cannot see clearly now what that will be, we will look back a few years from now and the puzzle pieces will fit together. And then second encouragement, how are we going to jealously guard and protect the pills that we've discovered over this time. As I said, life can get very busy and we can get distracted. And revelation that was so fresh once upon a time can get a little stale. And there's a beautiful word that we've learned, and it's called intentionality. And it takes intentionality, friends, to preserve things of value. And I believe there's one common denominator that can cause us to, one, miss out on the moment, or prevent us from intentionally guarding these pearls going forward. And that's busyness and distraction. Busyness is real, friends. We wear busyness as a badge of honor these days. I mean, you know, we ask people, how are you? And you're like, oh, no, I'm so busy, you know. Um, like it's a good thing. Like our, our frantic disposition is justifiable by saying we're so busy. Um, and demands, having lots to do, is not the problem. Jesus had a lot of demands. He had a lot to do. It's when busy needs, a busyness leads to hurry, leads to franticness. That's the problem. I can't finish everything I have to do, so I hurry. And being in a hurry and being present 
are like oil and water. And we need to be present to have relationship, don't we? Relationship with each other, relationship with Jesus. So we can be loved. Hurry and relationship are like oil and water. They just don't go together. I mean, can you imagine Jesus being frantic and in a hurry? Different from busy. You know, Peter maybe says to Jesus, like, you know, Jesus, how are you today? Um, Jesus is like, Peter, I'm, I'm good, you know, but things are just so crazy at the moment. Um, I'm so busy. Things are just taking off. You know, there are a lot of people waiting for me. I can't really talk right now. You know, maybe let's, can we chat in a couple of weeks maybe? Um, it's just such a busy season and he runs off. That franticness, it doesn't sound like how he would have been, does it? And when busyness leads to hurry, leads to franticness. And that, for me, uh, what I've experienced, leads to a life that's just an inch thick or, or deep. It's almost like uh, topsoil on a, the underlayer of, of a hard uh, crust of, of earth. When we are frantic and in a hurry, it's difficult to see the amazing things that the Holy Spirit is opening up to us right now, to allow them to sink in, for them to take root, to grow and to flourish. I think we all know the, the parable of the sower, and I'll read just from a, in Matthew 13, I'll read from verse 7, a bit into the parable already. It says, Other seeds fell amongst thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them, other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And then it gets explained a bit down in verse 22. It says, the seed sown amongst the thorns represents the person who received the message, but all of life's busy distractions, his divided heart and his ambition for wealth resulted in suffocating the kingdom message and prevent him from bearing spiritual fruit. Friends, kingdom seed is being planted right now, and there is potential for us to miss the moment, and it just gets snatched away. And two, life's busy distractions, for life's busy distractions to prevent it from bearing fruit, 30, 60, 100 fold, and that's what we're looking for. That's what we're desiring, right? Kingdom fruit to grow and flourish. You know, at the beginning of this, this lockdown period, I found myself in a cumulative space of, of busyness and hurry, where it felt like my mind was just a, like an inch uh, deep and nothing was really penetrating. There were so many distractions, so many WhatsApps, so many uh, Zoom calls, media. Uh, I felt like that that uh, meme, I'm sure you've heard it, um, hi, my name's Bob, I'm a goldfish, and goldfish have a memory span of, hi, my name's Bob, I'm a goldfish, right? Um, I, yeah, I just, I felt like nothing was penetrating, and I want to read you a quote from a book I read. Um, it says, cue a terrifying trend. Our attention span is dropping with each uh, passing year. In 2000, before the digital revolution, it was about 12 seconds. So it's not exactly like we had a whole lot of wiggle room, right? Uh, but since then, it's dropped to 8 seconds. Thanks, Steve Jobs. I mean, I think the average iPhone user 
looks at their phone 2,600 and something times a day. And that's not the, the millennials, that's the average iPhone user. I just want to put things in perspective. Um, Goldfish has an attention span of nine seconds, and we've dropped to eight, right? Yes, we're losing to goldfish. Not a great sign. And I found that even my slowing down things um, over that time, I was, I was doing in a hurry. You know, most of you know I like to smoke meat. I just mentioned it. Uh, I probably talk about it too much. I don't think it's an idol. I hope not. Um, but it's one of my favorite things to do, and it's... It's something that can take anywhere from like 8 to 12 hours. It's a whole day thing. The point is that it happens slowly. And I value slowing down. I've taught slowing down at our Heart Journey retreats. Yet at the beginning of, of this lockdown, I found myself running between the house and the smoker. So my very thing I was doing to slow down, I was running. And that happens many times during the day to check that the the temperature is constant. So I just, I'd lost something there. But my main point here is that hurry, uh, hurrying and busyness and distraction can sneak in and take over the things that we value the most. And we can't allow that. We need to jealously guard the, the things that Jesus is opening up to us. The way Jesus jealously guards over us. Okay, so I've said a lot about this being a unique time, uh, hearing and seeing what the Father is saying, a time of rebooting, jealously guarding these pearls, uh, being aware of busyness and distraction. But maybe you're watching this and you've got none of the above. No revelation, no pearls, no reboot. You're just scared and trying to make it through the season. And I want to say to you today that that's okay. I'm not more spiritual than you are. You're not a second-class citizen. In fact, quite the contrary. The last thing that I want to do from this message is leave you with, you should be doing more, hearing more, slowing down more. Now, I want to leave some good news with you today. Um, so if you're having conversations in your head at the moment, like, I'm not enough, I'm not good enough, uh, I'm not spiritual enough, I'm not like so-and-so, then I want to say that this message is for you. You know why? Because there's an antidote for that conversation. Let's be real. We all wrestle with those thoughts, and they keep us stuck, keep us going in that, that circle, that spinning wheel of death, Right? And I think that brings me to my biggest reboot. And for those of you that know uh, Janine, we call it a Neen clap, where she gets all excited and claps. And um, that was my moment now, my Neen clap. It's where Jesus showed me how much he loved me. Um, so much so, actually, that I actually take his breath away when he sees me. Can you imagine that? Song of Songs 4 verse 9, he says, Jesus says to us, For you reach into my heart. With one flash of your eyes, I am undone by your love, my beloved, my equal, my bride. You leave me breathless. I am overcome by merely a glance from your worshipping eyes, for you have stolen my heart. And friends, that's the same way that he feels about you. 
The finished work of the cross declares us more than enough. Actually, I think using the term reboot is probably not a good analogy. It's more like a completely new operating system change. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. You know, I remember <clears throat> about 14 years ago, coming home from work, uh, arriving in the driveway, opening up my unzipped lap, or picking up my unzipped laptop bag, and then in slow-mo, watching my Windows uh, laptop fall to the bricks and smash. It was like, no, this like slow-mo, um, oh no. But then, you know what, in a few days later, it was like, oh yes, because that's when I got my first Mac. Okay, the old was gone and the new had arrived. Okay, maybe it's a silly example. Um, I'm not a fanatic Mac guy, so maybe for you it was when you lost your Mac and got your new uh, Windows machine. But the point is, over about a five-year period, Jesus pursued me. I think, sure, it could have happened in a single day. Um, but regardless, I'm so glad that he finally got through to me because it was then that I discovered that Jesus looks deep into my eyes, deep into all my inadequacy, my sin, into all my I'm not enough feelings, my feelings of feeling short. And in that place, he said to me, Arise, my love, my beautiful one, and come away with me. For behold, the winter is past. Song of Songs 2.10 Not a Jesus who said, be a good boy, Rob. Uh, come to me when you're all new and shiny and when you've got your stuff together. Friends, can I tell you a secret on how to get close to Jesus? To get more of Jesus? To experience all the goodness of heaven? Wait for it. Come to him with your mess. Because that's the only qualification in life that we have. Come to him and make an exchange. Your sin, your mess, for his righteousness. It's only when I saw how complete that exchange was that I could stop climbing a spiritual ladder. Climbing up the ladder, falling down the ladder. Uh, I was riddled with conversations. Uh, I am conversations. I'm not enough. Doing enough. Righteous enough. Enough, enough like this person or that person or not a close enough to Jesus or maybe I should be closer to Jesus. You know those deep feelings that we feel inside that leave us feeling heavy and yuck and that we should be doing a whole lot more than what we are doing at the time. Um, as he unveiled his overwhelming grace and love to me at that time, all of those conversations for me were put on mute. And do you have any idea how much pain and confusion that can save you when you stop having those conversations of, um, and feel deep in your heart that you are loved, accepted, and whole? What that does for your relationships. Uh, a secure, loved, accepted person brings a whole lot less baggage into relationship. Why? Because you love people the way you love yourself. And you can't love yourself until you've experienced true, unconditional love from Jesus. 
I think in, in some ways it can be like a, um, a bride walking shamefully down the aisle towards her husband, thinking she's ugly, not good enough for him, feeling terrible. And then him lifting the veil, right? And he sees her. He sees her beauty, and it takes his breath away. And in that moment, she sees his delight. And she sees the love in his eyes, that he's not faking. He's not hoping for someone else or something more than what she is, that she is the one that he has chosen. And the message of redemption in Jesus carries with it a life and lightness and freedom and joy. And so if you're feeling like you are never good enough, never close enough, or you need to have longer quiet times or, or Sabbaths to get closer to Jesus, basically feeling like an outsider that's trying to become an insider the whole time, then this is for you, this message. You see, all those feelings place an emphasis on something that you have to do in order to get closer. When the whole time you're already in, you were made alive the very moment that you heard and responded to this good news. Ephesians 2 verse 4 says, But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. Do you know what your contribution to salvation was? What you brought to the table? It was your sin and trespasses. His contribution, his cross, was everything. Ephesians 2.6, By grace you have been saved and raised up with him, and, uh, with him who seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Friends, once you have been raised up and seated in Jesus, with Jesus in heaven, what can make you be far away from him again? What can you do from your side to become closer to him? That's day one of your salvation, right? Loved, accepted, in him, with him, unified with him, justified by him, made holy by him. You brought your sin and death, and he brought his life. What a beautiful exchange. But some of you have been saved for 10 years. That's not day one. It's day 3,560. Now is not the time to start adding more to your contribution. Your nothing and his everything was good enough on day one. And it's good enough for every day thereafter. Because friends, it is possible to start in God's grace and then move over to self-effort. Uh, that doesn't mean you're not seated with him in heavenly places anymore. You just don't experience all the benefits and freedoms of living in salvation. You experience that, that heavy, up-and-down-a-ladder spiritual life. Whereas salvation is meant to be a permanent Sabbath for our, for our souls. You can go and read that in, in Hebrews 4. You know how I know that we can move back into self-effort? Well, one, I know I can slip in and out of trust of his finished work of, of his cross, feeling like I'm not good enough. And, and secondly, we read about it in Galatians, Paul speaking to believers who have done the exact same thing. And Galatians 1 verse 6, 
He says, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some that trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. So let's, let's be clear here. They didn't think they were abandoning Christ, the Galatians, like they were following a, a different God or something. No, they were trying to be more spiritual with their self-effort. That's why he says in, in, in chapter 3, he says, Oh foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Let me ask you this. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish? Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Friends, it is so subtle. Nobody that I know tries to move over into self-effort. But look at the fruit. When you are boasting in nothing but Jesus, he did it, not me. You light and free and full of light and joy um, and freedom. You've got no sense of self-importance of your own self-righteousness. But the fruit of our I must add to this gospel becomes very evident. And I think they manifest in two ways. One, those that are super spiritual. And two, those that are not spiritual enough or they don't think they're spiritual enough. So one, the super spiritual, not very much joy, a feeling of heaviness, um, can be super intense, um, and I see what others can see uh, type of conversations. It almost results in a, a, a panicky spirituality, like we must do this now, or people are going to miss out, and we're going to fall behind what the Lord is doing. Uh, maybe other people are not as spiritual as them. They're the real followers of Jesus. Everybody else is just snoozing and um, not, not in following God close enough. Um, it sounds a bit like some of the conspiracy theories, actually, the tone of the, the theories that have been going around um, over this time. And then secondly, those that feel like they aren't spiritual enough. Maybe that's you. Also, not much joy. You're always feeling like you're failing Jesus, maybe. You feel like you're close to him, then you're far from him. Um, maybe another sermon or a worship moment will just help fix that feeling of being far off. Um, maybe you're even stuck in sin habits that you can't shake. Because you never heard that he took your sin nature away. Maybe you're saying things like, you know, I'm not quite at Sean's level or Kirsty's level. And I want to tell you today, the good news is there are no levels, right? There's only one level to get in and stay in, and that's Jesus. Friends, I want us to take note of the internal conversations that we're having. Those conversations that leave you just feeling a little bit, uh, a little bit yuck. Because Jesus wants to take those away. He's already paid the price to take them away. And so I want to say, collective church, he who has ears to hear... Let him hear. In other words, listen up, guys. This is important. You need to hear this. Because if you're feeling stuck and heavy, and you're getting that spinning wheel, I want to say to you, don't spend another day there. Today is the day of salvation. The word says that he is closer to us than our next breath. He is as convinced and in love with you today 
that he was on day one when he accepted you and when you first believed. This is your moment for a reboot, to relax, to fall back into grace, to fall into Jesus. Friends, our salvation, our freedom in Jesus is the greatest pearl. Basically, it's the anchor or starting point for all the other pearls that we're discovering at the moment. And so a big part of my message today is to closely guard and cherish those pearls. But these things, Sabbaths, quiet times, whatever spiritual discipline uh, that we are pursuing, good disciplines, they're good. But if we pursue these as an outsider trying to get in to be closer to Jesus instead of an insider that's seated with him in heaven already, before we even start those disciplines, they become a work, a heavier, it becomes self-effort. And so I want to say let freedom, let joy, let love, those experience, that if you're feeling that, let that be the litmus test so that we can respond as lovers and not workers. You've heard what they say, that lovers always get more uh, done than what workers do. And then my last way in on busyness and distractions. Friends, I don't know about you, but I want to be one up on a goldfish. Um, and so just to, to paraphrase and embellish it a little bit maybe on, on Song of Songs 2.15, where Jesus says to us, catch the foxes for us, the little foxes of busyness and distraction that spoil the vineyards. Our vineyards are in blossom. We're blossoming at the moment. We are in blossom. And I want to end with this invitation from Scripture where Jesus says to us, My beloved speaks to me and says, Arise, my love, my beautiful one, and come away. For behold, the winter is past, the rain is over and gone, the flowers appear on the earth, the time of singing has come, and the voice of the turtle dove is heard in our land. Can I end by praying for us? Holy Spirit, you are the dove that is being heard in our land right now. And we pray that you would just open our eyes um, to a fresh revelation of the finished work of what you bought for us on the cross, Jesus. That we've been brought so close to you. I pray for a fresh revelation for every single person in our community. And then for us to have our ears and eyes opened to what you're doing as you're singing across this land, across South Africa at the moment, that we would have ears to hear and eyes to see and that we would just be able to soak in every single thing that you're doing over this moment. We love you, Jesus. Friends, have a beautiful day and we look forward to seeing you soon. Uh, don't forget, uh, Sean and Janine have um, probably posted a link in this this live uh, feed now to, to worship. So enjoy and we will see you hopefully very soon that this lockdown will end. We love you guys. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit our website, thecollectivechurch.co.za.